Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 132. Welcome to Positive Productivity Podcast, where we empower our audience to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success, especially in the face of adversity. Listen in as our guests reveal their stories of challenges and hurdles and how they overcame defeat and became triumphant in their endeavors. Let's get motivated and move forward with your host, Kim Sutton. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I am so happy you are here, and I am thrilled today to have Travis Chapel with us. Travis is a direct sales expert who has built teams for several sales organizations over a few different industries and is also active in the real estate market. Most recently, he decided to pursue his passion of helping others and founded Build Your Network, a podcast dedicated to helping professionals grow their inner circle. Travis, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, man. Thanks so, thanks, thanks so much for having me on, Kim. It's a uh, real pleasure. Real pleasure. Oh, I love having you here. I love having another podcaster here because you and I have gone through a lot as far as building our podcast goes. Mm. Could you share some of your journey with the listeners so they know where you've come from? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I've always been that kid with the entrepreneurial itch, so to speak. And some sometimes I think that that's more um, not really taught. It's it's just kind of something that you have or you don't have. And and. Uh, and that was something that I always had. So when I was a little kid, I was always the one bringing stuff to school to, you know, sell to the other kids and, uh, um, and, uh, try to make some money. And I was always trying to hustle and, um, negotiate with my parents on how much money they'd pay me to pull weeds in the backyard and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, so my senior year of high school or going into my senior year, started up a landscaping business with a buddy of mine and, uh, started mowing lawns and putting in lawns and sprinklers and all that kind of stuff. And I think the first, my first really big aha moment, Kim, was probably um, when I was sitting down in class. This was the first month of my senior year of high school, probably. And I was um, not able to do the labor on a couple of jobs that I had bid. So a couple of landscaping jobs that I had um, uh, landed the, the the jobs for. And so I had to hire some people to do it because obviously I was in school full time um, as a senior and then had basketball practice and homework and all that kind of stuff. So didn't have time to go do the, the labor on the job. So I just hired a couple of college students to do the labor for me. And I remember sitting in class one time, not paying attention, obviously, and uh, adding up all the numbers and figuring out that I would probably make the same or more than the college students that I was paying to do the labor on the jobs. And that was really when I sat there and thought about the value that there is in selling and in being the the owner instead of being the employee. And uh, that's kind of where my entrepreneurial journey kind of really started. Uh, and so in, in college, I found a way to make money a little bit easier, which was through door-to-door sales and retail sales. And so I jumped right into that selling solar my sophomore year of college, I believe, maybe junior year of college. And um, and then ever since then, I've been basically doing door-to-door sales um, and building teams and uh, for, for a couple different companies in uh, different areas of 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 industry such as solar and alarm systems, security systems and water machines and stuff like that. And so that has led me all up to the point where I really wanted to start um, giving back and start um, helping other people do some of the same things that I was able to do. 
And uh, that's when I really wanted to start Build Your Network, which is basically the podcast dedicated to helping people um, grow their inner circle, meet the right people in their fields, how to do it the right way, how to not be spammy, how to create actual deep relationships with people instead of just surface, hi, nice to meet you type things. Um, and uh, so that's, uh, that's kind of what's brought me up to today. Wow. And as you know, and as listeners know, there's no script for these episodes. So you just sparked about 18 questions. The first is, what did you go to college for? Uh, it's funny. I actually went to college for church ministries. Um, that's what I have my bachelor's degree in. Would you go back and do that again? Uh, I, I, w I would not, um, knowing, knowing what I know now, I, I probably would not go back to college and, uh, I probably would just go right into doing what I know that I'm good at now. And that at that point I didn't know that I was good at obviously hindsight's 2020, but, um, if I had to go back and do it again, I'd probably just go right into selling right out of high school. I completely hear that. I went for interior architecture and if you took a look at my house, you would just laugh. There's no sign <laughs> of interior design around here. <laughs> the only interior design is crayons, colored pencils, and markers on every single surface from my children. <laughs> Nothing is safe in my house. <laughs> um, what would you say is one of the biggest mistakes that business owners and entrepreneurs make in networking and building their relationships? I think the biggest mistake is thinking of networking as a one-time event. So what I mean by that is when, when you go to a, a conference and we were just talking about, um, uh, before we hit record that you were going to a podcasting conference here in a couple of weeks down in San Diego. And I think when, when people think of the word networking, that's what they think of. They think of, well, Hey, let's go to an event and then let's network there. And, uh, I think that that's the wrong way to do it because I, I feel a lot of times if you think that it's all about just a three day event or this thing here or this weekend thing here, um, then the, the way that you're going to treat that three day event is different than the way that I think that you should treat it. Meaning that, um, if you, if you go to a three day event just to be like, Oh, this is my networking time for the month or whatever. Um, then you're really going to spend a lot of time spamming people instead of building and cultivating deep relationships with people. I think that you have to look at networking as, just something that always has to be happening. Something that's, it's, it's an activity that always goes on um, and is something that is perpetual. It's not just, well, we go to an event and that's when we network. And then we go to this chamber of commerce meeting and, and that's when we, that's when we network. You know what I mean? So I think that you can be sitting at a coffee shop and overhear a conversation about something that you know a lot about and you can network there. And, and, you know, it, it doesn't have to be handing out a, a business card. I don't even have business cards on me at stuff like that. I just add people on Facebook and try to get to know them as a person instead of trying to cold call in person. And I think a lot of people treat networking events and networking in general, like in person cold calling. So they just go up to you, shake your hand, give you a 90 second elevator pitch and then sh give you their business card and then boom, move on to the next one. And, um, I think that that's a very short term approach. And I think the long term approach is always, always, always going to work out better for you in the long run. I am over here laughing because if you could see my PC right now, I have Illustrator open where I finally, after five years, just finished designing my business cards, <laughs> which have not been submitted yet, by the way, to Vistaprint. And I think that's why. Maybe I was just supposed to 
chat with you. Well, I'm not going to say maybe. <laughs> I was just supposed to chat with you. You just saved me $40 plus fresh shipping. I love you, but thank you, Travis. <laughs> of course, of course. And, and, and having business cards isn't a bad thing. I don't want people to think that it's bad to have business cards. It's definitely good to, you know, get your name out there. But I just think, I, I, to, just to me personally, if you, when you go to an event, you have 75 business cards in your back pocket by the time the day's over. So uh, I don't know many people that sit there and go through every business card and shoot an email out to every single person that talked to them. And I, I think that there's just a really big disconnect with that version of networking and so what I like to do is try to create a really an actual connection with that person. And then if I do that, then before they leave, it's like, hey, are you on Facebook? And of course, everybody's on Facebook. And if not, they're on Instagram or Snapchat. They're on some sort of social media that I also have. And I'll go follow them on there and I'll go to their page. I'll like a few things. I'll engage with their stuff a little bit. And uh, what happens is when you start engaging with other people on Facebook, um, Facebook's algorithm picks up on that. And then they will start to shoot your stuff to their newsfeed and they'll be able to start engaging with you back and forth. And now you're actually developing a relationship with somebody instead of just throwing in a card into a deck of 150 others that they're probably never going to read again. So I was going to approach this a little bit later, but you just sparked my interest. I know you wrote a book, an ebook about Facebook marketing, but did you just say that when I start conversing with people on Facebook, that, that, that Facebook their algorithm will start sharing more of my materials with them? Yeah. So when you engage more with people on, on Facebook, so if you are constantly looking at other people's things and you are liking, commenting, sharing and stuff like that, and, and you just recently became friends, then Facebook will shoot a couple of your posts up to not the top, but near the top of their news feed. So when they're scrolling through, it gives them a chance to engage back with you. And then, um, and because you you just became friends. So Facebook wants to see, Hey, did, did they become friends because they actually want to engage with each other? Or are they just like, you know, shooting friend requests to everybody? So if you engage with that person on three or four of their posts and liked and commented and did all this other stuff, and then all of a sudden they see one of your posts scrolling as they're scrolling, they're a lot more likely to hit the like button or the love button or a reaction or type a comment or something like that. And, uh, and then when that happens, um, as soon as they engage on a post of yours, then all of a sudden the majority of your posts are going to start popping up in their newsfeed more and more and more often. Is this just personal posts or also posts from my business page? Uh, whatever account that you use to engage with them on. Okay. So if it's, yeah, if it's your personal, uh, most of the time it's going to be a personal page because I think a lot of business pages don't really engage with people a lot, but it, it's right. completely up to the way that you run your Facebook accounts. So at the event that we are talking about, listeners, I'll be at Steve Ulsher's new media summit actually later this week. So prior to this episode recording, I've actually been dealing with a little bit of imposter syndrome just because I am an icon and a lot of these other podcasters <laughs> have huge numbers and I'm not going to disclose my numbers, but I was like, Oh, you know, I don't want to seem like small fries, but I was mm -hmm. listening to a podcast a week or two ago. I don't remember which one I listened to so many. And the guest was talking about be interested, not interesting. Hmm. So before I go into my question, I must also share that surprisingly to a lot of people, I am an introvert. I may be here behind the microphone, but I am an introvert. Big crowds of people sometimes overwhelm me. 
But I decided that my approach at this event was just to go and sit down and engage in conversation and get to know the participants prior to, coincidentally enough, a speed networking day that we have all day on Sunday, (laughs) where they have two minutes to pitch themselves to be on our podcast. Hmm. What would your advice, number one, be for an introvert at an event? And number two, oh, I forgot number two, positive productivity, not always perfect. (laughs) Uh, Well, number one, um, it's funny that you say that, Kim, and it's actually really interesting. The more people that I talk to about networking, people that have large audiences and that are big influencers who are also introverts. And I'm honestly the same way. So, um, I was talking to, uh, Chris Gillibo recently from, um, side hustle school and we were having a conversation. I just interviewed him on the show as episode release in the next few weeks, but he was talking about how he's an introvert and I was explaining to him how I feel at networking events. And he was like, well, it kind of sounds like you're an introvert too, man. And so, um, uh, it's funny that you asked the question because I think I'm more of an introvert. When I go to an event, it is not in my instinct to go up and start talking to people. I would rather sit down, uh, with a cup of coffee and, uh, get on my phone and catch up on Facebook messages or call a friend or a sales rep of mine, see how they're doing. And, and that, that, that is more how I would, how I would naturally uh, be yes. at a networking event. And so my biggest uh, piece of advice here would probably be this. Don't feel like you always have to change who you are just because that's what people say. So what I mean by that is a lot of times it is good to get out of your comfort zone. Um, don't get me wrong. Some of the best things in life happen outside of your comfort zone. So it's, it's really good to stretch yourself sometimes. But what I have learned is that if you are put into a situation where you are outside of your comfort zone the whole time, you remember that feeling of uncomfortability. And the next time you go to book an event, you might be more hesitant because you didn't really enjoy yourself last time because you were uncomfortable the whole time. So don't feel like you have to be the person that's you know, the extrovert, because you're you're an introvert. That's not who you are. So play to your strengths. And the best way to do that, I think at a large event is to try to just focus on cultivating relationships with three or four people throughout the event. Um, So instead of focusing on talking to 300 or 400 people and handing out a thousand business cards and um, meeting every single person you come in contact with, maybe just meet a couple people the first day and then uh, and then try to try to coordinate another time during the event where where you can meet up with them and grab a cup of coffee and develop a really deep relationship with that person a little bit more if they're okay with doing that. Because sometimes sometimes if you're an introvert, you might be okay with doing that. But an extrovert might be like, hey, I got to go talk to this person, this person, this person, this person, this person. So I don't have time to do that. And that's fine for them if they're if they're that way. Um, but I would say just play to your strengths. Um, don't feel like you have to be the extrovert. It's good to do a little bit of that, definitely, because like I said, a lot of good things happen outside of your comfort zone. But um, a lot of times it's good for you to play to your strengths. So sit down, try to cultivate a relationship with two or three different people and uh, really, really make a couple of friendships, actual friendships that will last longer than the two or three days at the event. I'm. I'm laughing again because, Travis, I haven't been to an event, well, really, period, but I haven't been to an event with more than 40 people since I became an Infusionsoft mm. certified partner three years ago. Wow. So, And I was pregnant with twins at that point. But you're so right. I mean, I walked, I've left, in those three years, I've built really strong relationships with 
three or four of the other people who went through the certified partner training with me. So hmm. <laughs> the real reason why I'm laughing is just leaving my house in something other than sweatpants or yoga pants and a t-shirt. <laughs> that's uncomfortable enough already. I mean, I came home from Kohl's last night and I was like, oh, I, I was telling my husband, I hate trying on clothes. Just, you know, having to look presentable, that's enough uncomfortableness for me. Listeners, I love meeting you. I'm just so much more comfortable connecting with you on social media, but yeah. 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 So let's get it. Let's jump over to your ebook. Thank you for all that wonderful insight, by the way. I am definitely going to be taking that to heart. And again, you saved me 40 bucks on business cards. Um, <laughs> can you share about your ebook with listeners? Because I know, and you've already touched on some of the subject already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the ebook that I wrote is called Groupology. Uh, how to network in Facebook groups without being that one person. So um, we, I think Facebook groups are a very useful and practical way to build your network, but not a lot of people are uh, utilizing them and not a lot of people that are utilizing them are, are doing it the right way. And so I wanted to create a resource. Um, when I was looking for stuff out there, when I was trying to build this whole thing, I was, I was looking up stuff. Hey, what are other people saying? What are tips other people are throwing out there? And I could not find anything online of how to do it better being a participant in the group. I found a lot of stuff on how to run a Facebook group and how to be an admin on a Facebook group and how to grow your Facebook group and all these other you know, strategies and tools and tactics. But there was nothing for the person that's a part of a few Facebook groups and is really trying to make the most of them. And so that's what I really wanted to create. So it's 10 tips that um, I've found to be very, very useful um, while you are networking in Facebook groups. And there's so many people that I've talked to that have literally made thousands and thousands of dollars just by being a participant in a few Facebook groups. And so there's a few awesome pieces of advice that things that I've learned from other people, things that I've learned uh, through my own kind of trial and error. And uh, a few of them have to do more practically with the Facebook al algorithm like we we're talking about. Um, but then a few of them are more on a philosophical level as far as make sure you're giving value before you're taking value and, and, and stuff like that. So um, if you head over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash Kim, uh, there will be that free ebook there. You can um, hit the button and we'll send it straight to your Facebook Messenger account. And uh, then you can also join my Facebook group from there um, and uh, and utilize some of the practices that you find in the book. Oh, that's fabulous. I'll be definitely requesting it. I think I already did. But again, what is one of the biggest mistakes? And I know this is a positive productivity or the positive productivity podcast, but I think it's also important to share some of the mistakes that we see ourselves or other people making. As a group member and also as a group admin, what is a mistake that you see them making that you would advise against? As a group member, the biggest mistake that I see is, again, not thinking long term. And I did the same exact thing when I started getting into Facebook groups myself. And um, it, it it never works out. It never works out. So you, you hop into a group. You're brand new to a group. There's 10, 15,000 other people in that group. And the first thing you do is go over, type a post about what your business is and drop a link there. And then 
you're expecting, you know, because you saw this post previously that had 483 likes and a thousand or 2000 comments and all this other stuff. And so you post that there and you're expecting to get a ton of business, but then you get zero likes and like three people even actually saw it. It's because you're thinking short term. You're going into the group thinking, what can I get out of this group instead of what can I give to this group? And I had a guy actually ask me that at the last event that I was at. Um, when I was talking about Facebook groups and about my Facebook group and he was like, well, what am I going to get out of your Facebook group? Why would I join your Facebook group? And I was like, you know, man, if that's, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to be offensive here, but if, if that's the way that you feel, if that's the way that you're coming into it, then I don't really want you to join the Facebook group, to be honest with you, because I, I don't want people coming in my Facebook group thinking, what can I get out of this? What can I get out of this? What can I get out of it? Get out of this. I'm people coming into my Facebook group thinking, what can I give to this? What kind of value can I add to other people? How can I give back and help others, um, through this Facebook group. And that's the most important part of, of the whole idea to me it is making sure that you're coming in with that giving attitude. And so uh, the biggest mistake I made and the biggest mistake that I see a lot of people make is they're thinking way too short term. They come in just trying to get something and get something, get something instead of being an active member of the group, liking, commenting on other people's stuff. Somebody asks a question, answer the question, then you ask a question and then stay highly engaged in those groups um, and uh, and do it that way. And I think I think that leads into another mistake that a lot of people make, which is being a part of more than five groups. I was just um, about to ask that. Yeah, yeah. And in my ebook, that's one of the tips that I that I that I give is like don't go past five groups because you need to stay actively and highly engaged in, in the groups in order to make sure that when you post something that you will get some engagement back on your posts. So if you're a member of 25 or 35 groups, you're never going to be able to spend that much time unless that's literally what you do for your own, your only lead source for your business is just being in Facebook groups and you have time to be actively engaged in all those groups, but most people don't. So I would say pick no more than five, five groups that benefit you the most and that you love the most. You love being the you love being a part of the most and you love giving back to the most be a part of those five groups be actively engaged in those groups and uh, it's going to uh, focusing on a the smaller amount of them is going to benefit you much better in the long run anyway um, but uh, I think all of those all of those mistakes kind of tie back into the fact that people are looking too short term they're not thinking long term at all and then Can as I an ad you for a second yeah go for it last year I was I'm embarrassed to admit this last year I was part of 180 Facebook groups wow. because I was focusing on income instead of impact. Hmm. That was prior yes. to the launch of the Positive Productivity podcast, folks. But as soon as I realized that it was supposed to be about impact and not income, mm -hmm. Hmm. yeah, I I quickly started cutting that down. I think I'm still part of more than five and I'm definitely not in there as much as I should have been. But the amazing thing is, well, no, it's not amazing based upon what you just shared. I made exactly zero dollars and zero cents <laughs> off of Facebook groups. Exactly. Exactly. That that's the that's it's it's just a it's a disconnect because in your brain you're thinking, oh, like the more, you know, it, it's a numbers game. The more people that I throw my link out there to, the more in, in groups I'm engaged with, the more people I'm gonna be able to connect with. And it's actually the complete opposite of that. So if you really want to build deep relationships with people online through Facebook groups, then you got to cut that list down and just really get involved with those groups. I had a spreadsheet that would tell me what day I could go in and share my stuff on. You know, post your link here. It's share your stuff day. 
Hmm. And that would be the only reason I would ever go to some of these groups was because it was, you know, time for you to share. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Time time for you to go get something out of this instead of, yeah, exactly. exactly. And then I was in a thread of 500 other people. So most of them never even saw it. Hello. Mm -hmm. No, that's not it. So what would be your piece of advice for the group admins? Uh, group admins uh, is a little bit it's a little bit different as far as advice goes, but probably the biggest thing is I would say to make sure that you are the most active and engaged member of your own group um, and that you have certain themed days that make you post in the group four, five, six times a week, um, or maybe even a couple times a day. You want to be the one leading and and being in the forefront. People need to see that you're always engaged in your group. In fact, I need to make a post in my group after we hop off this phone call that, uh, to make sure that I'm staying completely, highly, actively engaged in there. But uh, that's probably the biggest thing. So I, I, for me, I have um, one, one of my themed days is Spotlight Saturday. And we, what I do is I take a, one person from the group that's been engaging a lot recently and I do a quick bio on them and ask them a few questions and that way everybody in the group can go on there, comment, uh, like and engage with that person and if they have any referrals for you know whatever type of business that person that has, um, then they can reach out to them and, and help them out in that way and uh, it's, just a, it's just I'm trying to make it just the most giving type of community possible um, so that uh, people really get that philosophy. You've just brought up another question because I do have theme days. However, I'm using Edgar, which I absolutely love Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. auto posting, but I've just realized, and maybe I'm answering my own question. It's taking that away from me. So even though the post is going out, I'm, it's out of sight, out of mind. I'm not going in and I'm not engaging Mm. in Mm. my groups. Using something like Meet Edgar, that's totally, totally, everybody does that. It's a a good idea to make sure it keeps you accountable to posting. But what I would do is also at the same time that you have that auto post going off in your your Meet Edgar, I would set something on your phone that uh, reminds you, like just a little reminder or a calendar um, uh, event, something that will make you go into that group and engage in that post. Um, if you're not responding, if, I mean, obviously if you have a group where you have thousands and thousands of people and there's a thousand comment thread, then it's a little bit different. But if you have less than a thousand people or less than a couple thousand people and you're not replying to every comment on every post and you're not liking those comments and engaging back with those people, I think that you're missing a really big opportunity to really engage with your audience. Wow. You just gave me an action item. (laughs) yeah note to self schedule that time in every day and i'm embarrassed to admit that i haven't been doing that but yeah it's uh, it's exactly what you're talking about is making an impact versus making an income and when uh, you know, when, 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 when people are, are constantly listening to what you put out and, and, and engaging with your content and stuff like that, I just think that it's, I just think that's a, it makes a much bigger impact if you're going to engage back, engage back with them after they do it with you. So. Travis, I saw recently that a couple big groups were being archived, I think was the expression because the owner of the group found that 
people weren't really responding. I think it, I think she said that it may have actually been impacting the exposure of the posts off of her Facebook page. Have you seen anything like that? Hmm. Um, I cannot say that I have, but I will do a little bit of research into that. I, that's, that's intriguing to me, but I have not heard anything like that before. But I, I do need to follow that up, that the group has actually been unarchived. I saw this past weekend, so maybe she found out that it was different. But um, yeah, it was yeah. a very large group with about 60,000 people in it wow. so, and a very engaged community. She did also find, though, that uh, she just, I mean, with a group that large, I mean, you just gave the numbers, you know, under 1,000, you should be in there responding. But mm-hmm. over 60,000, mm-hmm. you know, she just lost the ability to be in touch with everyone. Right. Yeah, it's way more difficult that way, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been completely enlightening for me, and I'm sure it has been for for other listeners or for our listeners. Where can listeners find you online and connect? I'm sure Facebook. Yeah, great question. Uh, Facebook is probably the social media I spend the most time on. So you can, if you type in Travis.chapel15 in the search bar, that'll be my personal profile. Shoot me a friend request and shoot me a Facebook message too. I, um, I always respond to any Facebook message that I get. So I'm really highly involved in Facebook and Facebook Messenger. So Travis.chapel15 in the search bar, that'll be my personal profile. Shoot me a friend request, shoot me a message and say what's up and, uh, and, and we'll chat then. Um, and then don't forget to head over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash Kim to pick up the copy of the free ebook groupology. And then you can also find my Facebook group there if you uh, want to join there. Fabulous. Thank you so much, listeners. All of these links will be in the show notes at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP132. Travis, thank you so much for being here with us today. Do you have... Any parting words of advice or inspiration that you would like to offer to the listeners? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've touched on it a couple times today, and I want to kind of hammer it home a little bit more. And that is the concept of thinking long term. And I think that there's way too many people that are short-term thinkers and it's going to really take its toll when you look back on the time that you had in your career is, is what I what I truly believe. And so um, what Tony Robbins always calls the front porch test, I believe he calls it, um, I'm a big believer in that, is that whenever you come to a crossroads or decision and you're thinking whether or not you should do it, and it may have some fantastic short-term benefits, but maybe it doesn't have some long-term, um, maybe it'll have some bad long-term side effects or um, you're not exactly sure how it's going to affect the future. Just picture yourself on the front porch in your retirement days, wherever you, wherever that is for you. If it's on a, it's a beach house or in the mountains or whatever it is, you're sitting on your front porch in your rocking chair and you're thinking back on your life. Am I going to regret doing this? Am I going to regret not doing this? And I think that that long-term thinking will enable you to live a better life 
over the long run. And uh, there's just there, I've I've ran into the issue very very early on in in my career where I was always short term. Just when can I get the next dollar? When can I get the next dollar? And uh, now that I, I've switched that, sometimes I've taken a hit short term and I've, I've actually lost money short term because I know the long term benefit is going to be better. And some things some things I still haven't even seen the return on, but I just know for a fact that in the future it's going to come back to me. And um, so I think I think that thinking long term is always going to benefit you more. And I would encourage as many people as I can to do that. Hey there, this is Kim Sutton, host of the Positive Productivity Podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and were inspired, I would love to hear your feedback. Please take a moment or two and visit the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or on my website at thekimsutton.com to leave your rating or review. I'd also like to invite you to join the Positive Productivity Book Club and to find out more about my coaching packages by visiting thekimsutton.com. Until the next episode, I hope you have a positive and productive day.